always remember, never forget. That's exactly what we do. We never forget the great leaders and heroes and heroines in our church, do we? What do we do every Sunday? We read from an Old Testament lesson, maybe an epistle or a historical part of the scriptures, and the gospel. There may be variations of that, but we read from Genesis to Revelation, and we always remember our spiritual leaders and all the wonderful blessings that they lead to us, give to us through the scriptures. They were always falling on their face, whether it was meeting God Almighty himself, meeting a commander of the Lord's army, or meeting the very Christ himself. As a Christian church, we acknowledge the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as the God of America and the whole world. When God came to Abram, what did he do? Abram fell on his face. And what did God do? God made him one of the greatest spiritual leaders in all the history of the world, your spiritual forefather and mine. When Joshua met the commander of the Lord's army at Jericho, before the walls came tumbling down, we're told he fell on his face. Wow, a lot of kneeling will keep you in good standing. He who kneels before God can stand before anyone. When the women came to the tomb, wow, they were the first glorious humans to hear of the resurrection and to see the Christ and to fall at his very feet. They were given such wonderful prominence. They were glorified in our church because of their obedience. While the disciples did not believe their report, they did. They did. And they did what they were told to do. Like them, you and I have to figure out so many things. I figured out a few things. I figured this out. When praying, don't give God instructions. Think about it. Just report for duty. Yeah. Carry out the mission. That's what these women were told to do. And in spite of their reception by the male groups, they did what they were asked to do. It didn't seem wrong to these heroes and heroines. They were given unmatched glory, power, prominence. They were asked to obey the Lord God, to serve him faithfully. Most people who want to serve God want to do it on an advisory role. Ha! God doesn't need that, let me tell you. No. God doesn't, God doesn't just call the qualified. God qualifies those whom he calls. And that's a really interesting thing to know and to believe. We don't change God's message. God's message changes us. And when God called us, he expects loyalty, discipline, and honor from each and every one of us. And this weekend, this memorial weekend, is such a colossal time, such a marvelous time for us to pay tribute and to give honor to the men and women who served this land by shedding their blood. Not just by dying, but think of all the things they went through that led up to their death. Yeah. So many young men and women who stepped forward to put on the uniform, to sacrifice their future, to give their life, that you and I could live in peace and hope in this free country, that we could have freedom and equality, that we could have rights and privileges 
for each and every citizen. And what God ordains, God sustains. And you know, if we, we really obey his word and live according to Jesus' example, America can truly become great again, but spiritually. And that's so very important. We have the land of the free because of the home of the brave. You may not know it, but this year is the 100th anniversary of the dedication of the tomb of the unknown soldier. It marks the uh, October 24, 1921 exhumation of an unknown tomb, an unknown soldier that was removed in France and brought over to the United States to Washington, D.C. on the USS Olympia. Okay? And it was dedicated November 11th, that tomb where he was buried, 1921, November 11th, 1921, by President Warren Hardy. Wow. The daily ceremony that exists at that tomb is incredible. 24 hours a day, the old guard guarding that tomb. And it's one of the most wonderful privileges given to all the unknown tombs, wherever they are, of American soldiers in the world. As a chaplain captain, I was honored. I was privileged to serve in that 3rd Battalion, 3rd Infantry, the old guard. I was a captain. It was wonderful being with my people in the foxholes, wherever they were. Later, as you got promoted, you got a desk and a job and a bunch of paperwork and meetings. But that was one of the most wonderful times in my life. It was the greatest thrill of my ministry. You remember the color guards we had here in the past, Washingtonian wigs, the uniforms and everything. They often helped us in our service in the park. Those were wonderful, wonderful times. They honor America today. In all the big events, funerals and other <coughs> military things, they're always there. They guard the tomb of the unknown soldier. What a beautiful privilege for them, but what a great honor, saying that we'll never forget even those we don't know where they're buried. I was pleasantly surprised the first time I went to the U.S. Bank, Viking Stadium. I didn't pay $300 for a Vikings ticket. I paid $12 for a high school football game. And I went around and looked at the whole stadium and I came upon this wonderful display. What another way to honor our veterans. Here was this display of the plaques of the five military services. And next to it is a seat for an MIA for a mission in action. That was a wonderful, wonderful tribute. In the Netherlands American Cemetery in the Dutch village of Margraten, between November 1944 and May 1945, 18,000 men were buried in a makeshift cemetery, a temporary cemetery in Margraten, Dutchland. This was a remarkable, remarkable place because the Dutch people began to care for personally these graves. Researchers decided that they were going to put pictures on these unknown, or unknown, uh, not, not unknown, but who, how do they look, what do they look like? So they wrote to people in America, they wrote to ancestors, they, they asked for pictures. They wanted to create this special field of honor. And they put 
8,100 pictures on those remaining graves. And they're still working today to complete the rest of those. What a beautiful thing. These grave stones were, they were the faces of Mark Groton. Even the Dutch don't want to forget them, nor should we. And you know what? Lynn and I had a chance to attend to be at one of those Dutch cemeteries. And I have never seen anything so immaculate, so well cared for, all these many years later. They don't want to forget them, neither should you or I. Efforts continue. There are 334,000 members of the American soldiers in that database. They're buried in six different American cemeteries throughout Europe. There is a picture of this beautiful cemetery. These veterans died for an America that cared for its people, for a country that acknowledged God as their creator. They shed their blood for this country. They loved this country. They would give their life for this country. And they did. And it gave us the rights and the freedoms that we have unknown to most of the rest of the world. Wow. And each of us must never put ourselves above the word of God. Because our God asks us to be good citizens and asks us to be good Christians. He wants us to show respect and decency, love and mercy, and to protect the right of every American and to guarantee their rights and freedoms and beliefs. They defended their lives, they defended their liberties with their lives. You and I need to use our lives also to defend the rights of each and every one of us. Obey the law of the land. Be a good citizen. Contribute to your society, your city, your workplace, your school, wherever. Protect the rights of each and every citizen by keeping the laws of the land. And you know, this is a good land. It's a wonderful land. Very few people are leaving it. Everybody's trying to get into it. It is a good land. And as you keep the laws of the land, I salute you, American patriot. But God also says, try to be a best Christian and disciple that you can. Be a wonderful follower of your Lord Jesus Christ. Worship your God. Honor your father and, father and your mother. Respect the life and goods of your neighbor. Don't lie, don't cheat, and follow all the other commands that the Lord God gave us. And love the Lord your God with all your heart. And as you as a child of God carry out your Christian duties, I salute you, good Christian disciple. The Lord is the ruler of this land. God gives the orders. He gives the commands. He gives us the mission and the training. If God said it, we're to do it. If Jesus lived it, we're to live it. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Those who do it, and that's what's so important in our everyday life. Don't ever give the devil a ride. You give him an inch and he'll want to be a ruler. You bet. The gospel today interestingly talks about the people that Pilate killed while they were worshiping. Oh, how many times that happened today? Churches, mosques, Christians, people of faith being attacked during worship. Jesus asked, were they any guiltier than any other people? 
No, it was Pilate's brutal disregard for the religious beliefs of the people that he served. The Romans killed far many more people than Pilate. And for that tower that fell on those 18 people, Jesus asked, were they any guiltier or worse people than the rest? Jesus says, no, no. And then he said that if faithless Jerusalem would not repent, then the collapsing walls, how many times didn't Jerusalem fall? The collapsing walls would kill more than just 18 people, but thousands. You see, the gospel calls the nation, the capital, the people, the world to repent. What will happen if we do not repent? Will we continue to make, remake the world in our image? That's not what God wants. No. How many children need to be shot before we get guns off the street? Put down the guns, Minnesota. Pick up your Bible. Go to the fifth commandment. Don't be killing each other. What does it mean? We should fear and love God that we do not hurt nor harm our neighbor in his body, but help and befriend him in every bodily need. Wow. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Boy, those aren't easy, are they? But that's what Jesus expects. And just look at all the things in the world, all the tragedies that happen on a daily basis. As I was comprising this sermon, 30, 30 young girls in Afghanistan were killed. Wow. A German online child pornographer was finally caught. He had 400,000 followers. How sick is that? Sexual trafficking? Oh, my word, what a blight on our world. Yeah. People who are fleeing these countries, war-torn, being massacred, all they want to do is eat, live, and breathe, and be free. And how many men and women of this country didn't fight over the years for the rights and freedoms of those people in foreign lands, not just for America, but for the rights and freedoms of others? Wow. We really, truly owe them a tremendous debt of gratitude. Think of how many men fell on their face in the waters on the beaches of Normandy, many of them not even reaching the shore. We owe such a great of debt to the sons, fathers, grandsons, grandfathers who were blown to bits over the skies of Europe and the Pacific Islands. And how about the mass of Marines that died on that volcanic island for Iwo Jima? And the families, we owe such a debt to the families and the men who died on the seas. Wow. I just wanted to point out one sea battle. It was the Battle of Leyte, Leyte Gulf, near the Philippines. On October 23rd to the 26th, four days, 1944, hundreds of ships, the largest ships ever made, were sunk. Hundreds of Allied and Japanese ships were involved. Thousands of men on both sides went down with their ships. The Japanese Navy was defeated, which went on to lead to the success and victory of the war. What do you think life was like on this ship? Take a look at it. The USS Princeton. Really not many places to go. You can't just jump off and get out of the way. 
You know, compassion is difficult to give away because it keeps coming back. The more you give away, the more you have. You just can't get rid of it. On this Memorial Day, we also remember those troops who are stationed wherever they may be, apart from their families, and the hardship caused by their absence. And in many dangerous places, matter of fact, wherever you are an American service man or woman, you are in danger, my friend. We truly do feel thankfulness and gratitude for those people that gave their life, who offered their life for you and for me. And they gave us unfettered and unlimited freedoms that we have today. And I want to show you a very special way how, in their honor, you should respond. In this slide, you'll see four-star commanding generals of our five military services saluting the American flag during the national anthem. You know, our pain and our hurt may never disappear and the memories of those who have died and come back wounded and disabled and so changed. But we'll always hold high their memory. We'll always respect them so greatly. We'll praise God for their dedication to him, to the nation, to you, and to me. We have this goodness in this land because of them. Think for a moment what are the rights and privileges and freedoms that you cherish most in this great land. Just think for a moment. I'll give you a penny for your thoughts, and I'll tell you I have a few thoughts of my own. There's just no end to the things we must be grateful for. Wow, what wonderful privileges we have in America. I've been so fortunate. This, these are one of the things I'm so thankful for. I've been so fortunate to be a pastor and a chaplain to so many military men and women over my 42 years here at Zion, my seven years out in North Dakota. As long as Linda can move the buttons on this uniform, I will continue to do those <laughs> services. And as long as I can walk and stand, I will be honored to carry out this ministry that God has given to me. I was always so thankful to St. Paul's Beach, St. Peter Belfield for the support they gave me all through my military career. And when I came to Zion, same thing. This congregation supported me all the way through. I saw this the other day as I returned from a burial at Fort Snelling. This is a wonderful tribute, a tribute to chaplains. Wow. Just a small little reminder of a grateful nation. How many chaplains don't go to Fort Snelling to conduct services? And I will always remember, and I will never forget that week that I had three funerals back to back. Two were military. I was just filled with awe when I realized that one of these men had a purple heart. And then to find out that the second one had two purple hearts. Oh, I always felt the awe and the love that I shared for them, that I could be their pastor and conduct their final services. I will never forget the prisoners of war. Wow, we had four of them, four POWs 
my word. What a wonderful opportunity to hear their stories. Look at this first picture. This is Vernon and Helen Cruz. Both served in the military. And to hear both viewpoints of the husband and the wife about the time of being a POW. It was incredible. And you know, those stories continued until those men entered their eternal glory. Frank Link and Ardell. Wow. Wonderful servants of the Lord God. What a joy to be their pastor. Glenn and Lorraine Nays. Glenn was one of the men who spoke at our outdoor services. Told about his experience as a prisoner of war. Wow. That was really something. And this last guy, Herb Zaft. Oh, man. What a story that was. It was just an incredible story about what happened to him. As he was captured, he was on his knees, and the Germans told him, Baten, Baten. It meant pray, pray. And when he began to pray, he said, Vater unser, der du bist in Himmel. And when they heard him pray in German, they did not shoot him. They took him as a prisoner. Here's that German prayer. Vater unser in Himmel, geheilige Werde dein Name. Carrie Kempfer can say it perfectly, a lot better than I can. She's going to be 102 in a few, few weeks. Unbelievable. You know, I don't think too many commanders or chaplains had to tell their troops to pray. Before a battle, I don't think anybody had to worry about whether God was present, because believe you me, whether it was an attack from a human enemy or from the devil itself, it was so good to know that Jesus Christ, your Savior, was in your foxhole. He was on your deck. He was in your cargo hold. Wherever you were, in your bunker, your Savior was there. And he went to battle for you, not just for your body, but also for your soul. His death on Calvary earned you and me the victory. His earthly life ended in our victory over our arch, arch enemies. Human sin, human nature, human death. Most importantly, over the power of the devil. Wow. Today's gospel continues that wonderful grace of God. He talks about, he talks about a gardener who made this beautiful city of people, a vineyard, a nation, a church, Zion Lutheran Church. And he did everything he could. What else could he have done for that vineyard? And he wanted it to return fruit to him. Isaiah moans, what more could God have done for his church? And then there's that gardener digging, digging, and, and giving that tree another chance. God himself trying to give us a chance to come back and return to him. So I pray today that God Almighty will bless America, that she will turn to him in faith, return to him in faith if need be, to believe in the Almighty God, the creator, the maker of this wonderful land. Oh, if we follow man's end, it will be an endless hope. It will be a hopeless end if we follow man's way. If we follow God's way, it will be an endless hope. Because you see, when you come to your deathbed, the greatest power that can come to your forefront is the resurrection of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So many of our elderly people at Zion, aging and ill, 
voice their desire to be with their Savior, to see their spouse, to see their family, and it's wonderful. I just buried one not too long ago who could no longer live here but wanted to go and see his wife and be with his Lord. A noble politician from Minnesota expressed it so beautifully. He said, I am eager to rejoin Joan and Eleanor. You remember that was the Vice President of the United States, Walter Mondale, talking about his bride, Joan of Art. That was her favorite arts, and his daughter, Eleanor, who had preceded him. But one of the best obituaries I ever read was that of Paul David Johnson. Where else but in Minnesota, Johnson, yeah. Only the dates were next to his picture in the obituary. And this phrase, life on earth ended, eternal life with Christ commenced. Wow. Please do something on Memorial Day. Do something wherever you can to attend or go or experience some kind of ceremony. Or certainly in your prayers, your thoughts, your quiet time. Always remember, never forget the wonderful men and women who made this land for you. In many military and veteran places, and not just those, but also in truck stops, like Corinne sent me this picture. A plate is always set, it's always there, in hopes that one MIA may come home.